What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of 4040 Shorts from the 4040 Vision podcast. I'm your host, Khaled Abdallah, and today's topic is some of the unprecedented parity that we're seeing in the NBA this season. If you take a look at the NBA standings, particularly in the Western Conference, there's a lot of teams clustered around the middle. It seems like every day the, the standings shuffle. We have a new team that's anywhere from 4th to 10th, even to 12th in the standings. With the exception of the Denver Nuggets, there's been a lot of change and flux in the rest of the standings, and we're even seeing that to the same degree, or to a similar degree, I should say, in the Eastern Conference. And one really clear giveaway for some of the, the unprecedented parity that we're seeing is the number of 50-win teams that we're going to see in this year's NBA. So, as of today, it's March 22nd, 2023, there are two 50-win teams with about 10 games to go. Some teams have about 11, maybe some have 12, but you get the idea. And it's fair to say that we'll probably have anywhere between three to four teams that win more than 50 games. Right now, the Milwaukee Bucks are at 51-20, the Boston Celtics are at 50-23, and and some of the other candidates are the Philadelphia 76ers, who are 48-23, and the Cleveland Cavaliers, who are 46-28, and the Denver Nuggets, who are 48-24, and and that's about it. The second-ranked team in the Western Conference are the Memphis Grizzlies, and they're 44-27. and And the Sacramento Kings are third, and they're 43-29. and So if we end this season with only four, maybe even five, 51 teams, which I think is realistic, then that will be the lowest total in the past 30 years. I didn't want to go back all the way through all of NBA history because that's way too many seasons to go through. But I decided to look back at the past 30 years, so starting in the 92 to 93 season. And the average number of 50-win teams in those seasons is 8, or a little over 8. I had to get a little creative with some of the seasons like uh, 98-99, where there's a strike, they only play 50 games. 2011-2012, they only played 66 games. The 1920 season, which uh, was the famous bubble season, they played about 70 depending on the team, and then the 2021 season where they only played 72 games because it was coming off the bubble. So what I did for those seasons was I looked at the win percentage of what, you know, 50 wins in an 80-game season and 82-game season and what 60 wins in a 82-game season were, and it's about a little over 61% for 50 and a little over 73% for the 60 games. And what I got was, like I said, there's been an average of eight 50-win teams per season. In 60-plus uh, win seasons, there's been an average of 1.67. So obviously this year it's possible that the Milwaukee Bucks win 60 games, but given the fact that they might have the one or two seed kind of locked up, they might ease up a little bit. And even if they don't, I think it's unlikely that they win all of their upcoming you know, 10 or so games uh, in the, for the rest of the season. So as I said, they're 51 and 20 as of this recording. So if things continue the way that they are, and again, as we only get if we only get four or five 50 win teams, that's going to be the lowest in the past 30 years. The other two seasons where we had you know around that number was in uh, 05 06. We had six 50 win teams, but we also had three 60 win teams. The other season where we had close to that number was the 2015 16 season where we only had six 50-plus win teams, but we had two that won more than 60, and, of course, the 73-9 and nine Warriors. So you can imagine that 
if a team wins 73 games, you can subtract 10 and spread those out, and you'll have a couple other teams that go from 48 to 49 to 50, so that would have made things a little more even. But this season, we don't have any of those dominant teams. We don't have a team that's winning 70 games or even 60 games. So it, it begs the question, what is going on in the NBA? Why is there so much parity? And I think it's a combination of things. I think one factor is there's just so much talent on every single team. There's no such thing as an easy win these days. Even the Detroit Pistons, who are you know clearly one of the tanking teams, they've only won 16 games so far this year, they still have a decent amount of talent. They still have guys that you want to turn on the TV and watch. The Houston Rockets have only won 18 games this year, and they still have guys like Jalen Green, Jabari Smith, that you actually want to watch and see what, see what they're going to do. And before their loss to the Warriors on March 21st, the Rockets had won three out of four games against some pretty formidable opponents who probably overlooked them a bit. But the point is that from 1 to 10, in, or 1 to 15, I should say, in each of the conferences, there are at least one to two players that are absolutely must-see TV. There's a ton of lottery picks, of course, and I think teams are, in general are getting better at these lottery picks and analyzing and evaluating these lottery picks, so more teams are getting better players. There's also the advent of the foreign players. So, you know, if you look at the MVP race and who the top three are, all three of those guys are foreign players. If you expand it to five, Maybe you throw Jason Tatum in there, maybe Luka Doncic, depending on how you feel about his team. You can include him in there as well. But for the most part, the best players in the league right now are foreign players. And there's a ton of those you know, above-average all-star type guys that are also foreign. So the talent pool in the NBA is likely bigger than it's ever been. The other factor that I think is pretty obvious but is also something that's, that's a huge part of this is the advent of load management and guys taking nights off when they didn't in the past so it's almost become a rare feat for guys to play in all 82 games whether that's injury whether that's rest whether it was you know COVID in the past few years there's been a number of things that keep guys out when they don't have serious or long-term injuries so even if you think about just anecdotally when was the last time that you sat down to watch a primetime game or maybe not even a primetime game just a regular season game for your team and the team had its full complement of players it's been a while <laughs> i think we can all say that you know even for the for the best teams in the nba for milwaukee for boston for denver it's rare that they have all five starters and their full complement of i don't know five or six guys that come off the bench there's always somebody key that's that's sitting or is ha dealing with a niggling injury or something and that's definitely going to affect your long-term regular season success at least and i think that teams learned the lesson the past few years where they realized that chasing this regular season record, whether it's you know 55 wins, 60 wins, 65 wins, usually doesn't translate to postseason success. I think it, it can for the most part, but I think these days when you can weigh the value of winning 60-plus games versus keeping your guys healthy, keeping your guys refreshed and, and rested for the playoffs, it's a pretty easy decision to make especially when the whole league is doing it. If there was half the league that was doing this and the other half wasn't, then it'd be a pretty clear decision where you want to maximize the regular season because you can maximize seeding. So when you look at teams up and down the standings who are resting guys, who are sitting guys out for, for load management, they can appreciate the fact that 
these standings don't mean as much as they used to. Or getting to 50 wins may not be the standard anymore that's required to even get to even host a playoff series, in the especially in the first round. So what does all this parity mean for the NBA and for the playoffs and for the ultimate goal, which is winning a championship? I think the main thing is that it opens the door for a number of teams to become legitimate contenders. If you look in the in the West, there's maybe five, six teams that you think could legitimately win the NBA title with, of course, some caveats. And then you look at the East, there's probably four teams that you would consider as, as legitimate title favorites, maybe even more. So if you go down the list, we'll start on the Eastern Conference. And each team, while they are legitimate title contenders, each team has serious flaws and serious questions that they need to answer in order to win those titles or that title. And what's different about this compared to, I don't know, maybe the last five or six years is that there are no super teams anymore. The era of the big three, at least for now, is over. And we've moved into an era of big twos, maybe, big one and a half, big two and a half. And some teams, you might stretch the definition of, of what a big three or a star is. But a lot of these teams at most have two stars, maybe two and a half, like I said. And these questions that these teams need to answer have make things a little more uncertain. I don't know if they're more exciting because it's hard to really get up when there isn't a clear villain or a clear favorite and really get up for the regular season when there isn't this big bad villain that needs to be taken down. If you think about LeBron and the Heat, they were the big bad guys in the East for a while. You think about Steph Curry and the Warriors, they were the big bad guys in the West and, well, in general, really, because they made the finals four straight years along with the Cleveland Cavaliers. So, Again, I don't know if this makes things more exciting, but it definitely lends an air, uh, an air of uncertainty to things. And I think this may not be the best thing for the NBA, but it does make things a little more interesting. But we'll go down the list here, right? We'll start on the Eastern Conference. The Milwaukee Bucks are probably the most complete team in the NBA. They're the first ones to get to 50 wins. They're at 51 and 20, like I said, and they could get to 60 games, though it's unlikely. They have a lot of questions around who their secondary creator is after Giannis. Uh, is Chris Middleton fully healthy? Is he back? Is Drew Holiday going to be able to carry them once again? So there's some questions there, but they probably have fewer questions than the rest of the, the teams to answer. The Boston Celtics, they've been on an absolute tailspin. They have a lot of health issues, and the coaching is a major concern with Joe Mazzulla falling off and not being, of course, as good of a coach as Ime Udoka, who had to resign or left or quit or whatever the word you want to use in pretty uh, shameful fashion after the finals run last year. Philadelphia, James Harden <laughs> is the only question they really have to answer. Is this guy going to show up in the playoffs? Doc Rivers is another question. And is he going to go his usual route of falling short in the playoffs like he has time and time again in his coaching career? I'd say Cleveland is an outside contender. I would put them in the secondary tier in the East, and they just have a lot of questions about their youth and how good Donovan Mitchell can be as their go-to guy in crunch time in the playoffs. On the Western Conference, there's even more questions. There's more teams that you could legitimately say uh, could win the Western Conference. We'll start with Denver. Outside of Jokic, they're a mediocre team at best. So what happens if, if he has to miss some time or if he's having an off night? Chances are they're going to lose. Chances are they're going to lose their series. Memphis, they have a ton of maturity issues. John Morant's been in and out of the lineup because of 
God knows what. He ended up being suspended eight games. He should be back soon, but they still have a lot of questions, again, about their maturity, about their ability to win four straight rounds. So we don't know what they're, what they're going to do. Sacramento, they're a great story. Light the beam, beam team, all that good stuff. But the question is about them is can they guard anybody? They play amazing offense. They have one of the best offenses in the league, if not the best offense in the league, but they give up a ton of points, just like most of the, the league, to be honest. They're also really young. They don't have much playoff experience, so we don't know what they're going to look like when the bright lights are on. Phoenix. The big question about Phoenix is health. Are they healthy? Is Kevin Durant going to be able to mesh with this team, having played you know, three or four games with them before he went out? So there's a lot of questions around health and age. They're one of the older teams. How much are they going to rely on Chris Paul? How much are they going to rely on, rely on Kevin Durant, who are both in their mid to late 30s and have been banged up? The Clippers. Once again, health is the question. On paper, they might be the best team in the West, but you never know what you're going to get from Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George is out for another two or three weeks after hyperextending his knee uh, last night on March 21st. The Warriors. I don't even know where to start with these guys. They've been one of the more disappointing teams in the NBA. This might be one of the worst title defenses in NBA history. They're god-awful on the road. Who knows when Andrew Wiggins is going to come back? Who knows when Gary Payton II is going to come back? So there's a ton of questions around the Warriors as well, even though if I had to choose, I'd probably pick the Warriors to come out of the West. But again, so many questions to be answered. Outside of that, there's a number of other teams that are, you know, could be possible contenders. Dallas, you know, if they get their, their, uh, their stuff together and learn how to play defense. So I, I wouldn't count on it, but it's possible. The Lakers... They're currently the 11 seed at the time of this recording, but you know if they string a couple games together, string a couple wins together, they could be the five seed before we know it. And you never want to count out a team that has LeBron James on it. So we just went through four teams on the East and, I don't know, six or seven teams in the West that you could conceivably see winning the NBA title. Again, there's a lot of questions on both sides of the ball, or, or both sides of, of the NBA. A lot of questions that these teams have to answer and a lot of concerns that each team has to address before they want to make it if they want to make a serious run at the title. But what happened or what what we end up looking at is the fact that if everyone is flawed, then nobody is flawed. If everybody stinks, then nobody stinks. And it's this era that we're in because of load management, because of the talent glut in the NBA, because of the, the three ball kind of democratizing the way that the NBA works and the fact that anyone can be beaten on any night if they're, if they're cold from three. So all three of these factors have led, again, to this unprecedented parity, a little bit of mediocrity, if you want to use that word. There's been a lack of excellence, and I think the devaluing of the regular season is the ultimate result that we're going to get for, from this. So... As I said, there's been an average of eight 50-win teams per year in the NBA. There's been an average of close to two 60-win teams in the NBA. But it's very possible that moving forward, we, we may never see 10 50-win teams again. We may never see three 60-win teams or four 60-win teams, which has happened quite a few times over the years, because teams just don't care about the regular season anymore. They want to get that one seed, that two seed, that three seed, that four seed. But if that means that they're going to wear out their players to the point where come March or April they're worn down, it just doesn't matter. It just doesn't make sense to make that, that extra push for those extra wins. So you'll fight for seeding. You'll fight for your place in the playoffs. 
but not at the expense of the health of your players. So we'll see what happens. We'll come back. We'll revisit this conversation. We'll see if Milwaukee gets to 60 wins. We'll see if one of these other teams that are in the 43-44 range go crazy and win another you know, seven games in a row or something like that and hit 50 wins. But I think it's pretty safe to say that we're going to get probably four or five of these 50-win teams and really unlikely <laughs> we'll get to 60 wins. And we'll see. Who comes out on top from this crazy NBA season? Is it going to be the Milwaukee Bucks, who've probably been the most steady? Or is it going to be a team that's currently lurking in the bottom half of the standing? Someone like Golden State, someone like Miami, someone like the Lakers, who are, as of today, not even a playoff team. So we can't wait to see what happens. And again, we'll probably do a follow-up pod to this uh, after, the, after the NBA Finals, maybe halfway through the playoffs. We'll see how things go. But anyway, that's it for our show today. Thank you, everyone, for checking us out. Make sure to follow, like, and subscribe to the 4040 Vision podcast on all major podcasting platforms. Please, please make sure to leave us a review, five stars if you can, and make sure to follow us on social media at 4040 Vision Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks, y'all. Peace out.